Dykstreek, you can find there's 20 Parmans for one line of Gurbani, and I'll, I'll pick three or four, which are essential. If I was to put the actual text of all the grants that I use, it will be more of a Punjabi text than it will be um, an English translation, which the whole point of doing this is to to get those seekers who are above a an average level and want to go to the next level to read this. You know, there's enough Jabji Sahib basic translations out there. I want to put one out there that, you know, for the English speaking, for the English speaking community. So basically I want it to be out there for the non Punjabis as well. The Buddhists have tried to buy the rights for the first book off me already because um, they want it. I don't know why, but they want it. So those are the sorts of people I want to look towards where people from other communities are researching Gurbani rather than uh, people having to just read the Bani itself and that putting off English readers. Okay, so uh, Paisab, so on here, we were actually thinking of starting a book club back in January, but it didn't really work out because we got really busy and other events and stuff uh, took some toll on us. But we were wondering, um, would it be possible uh, for us on here, Discord, uh, to... Like, because, for example, we have, like, segments where we have, like, a lot of the Sangat here from Brampton, a lot from Surrey as well, uh, yeah. a lot from California. So, would it be possible for us on our end to get a list of the books the Sangat wants, and then we organize them based off location, and then that way uh, the Sangat can pull their Maya together, and then we can, uh, for example, oh. send send it to you, and then you can send one big shipment to California, and then when it gets to California, the local California Sangat can distribute it amongst themselves, one to Surrey, uh, and then they can distribute there, and then one to you know the East That's Coast, and they can do it there. What do you think of that? Easily, idea? easily, that is absolutely brilliant, and it will save a lot of money for everybody. Right. People will get the books that are, are required without there being the massive additional costs that are out there. So, yeah, we can do that. That's, that's easy. That's easy to do. America and Canada, anywhere in America and Canada is easy. Okay. Uh, the problems I have is when I'm, you know, I've got, I've got sponsors in, in Delhi and India. You can imagine sending a parcel to Delhi and India is bad enough. And then trying to send them to Malaysia uh, and places like that is, that's a difficulty. So, yeah, so America, Canada is easy. Would it be easier? Because um, we have like I'm getting a lot of messages right now from Sangat saying, "Hey, I want to buy a book. I want to buy a book." So instead of them contacting you individually, do you think right now for the Sangat we should just say, "Okay, we assign one Sevadar for uh, like the Surrey area, one for the Brampton area, one for California, and then the and then that way there's three points of contact for you rather than you having to go on Instagram look at each DM individually." Do you think that works better? It's it's. Uh... To be honest, I don't mind if individuals contact me, but it's going to contact. It's going to cost them more. Mm -hmm. So the way you're saying about pooling names and numbers together, that will work out cheaper for the sangat. That that's that's my thing. I'm looking at. If I can make it as cheap as I can for the sangat, and they can get the books that they require, I would rather. That. This isn't about me making a load of money, because you know, I'm going to come back and have to give that back in some form, I don't know, this life or the next life. Or, you know, I've, I've gone through the Saki and Ladaiki where you get the individual who turns up as the uh, the worms in a snake. I don't want to be doing that. So I'm not here to take money off the Sangat. If I can get you lot the books that you lot want for the best possible price, and if you lot can pull together, that's easier. If people want to do it individually, please contact me and I'll find the best way for you.
as well. So either way, it's fine. Bye, um, so... did you say that you have? Go ahead. Go ahead. Subject, did you say you have a book of Japji Saib, or sorry, not Japji Saib, Job Saib Katha um, afterward as well? That's not on yes. Lulu yet? No, no, I've got it. The Job Saib Katha of Sanjanel Singh. That's, that's done to the word. To the, every word is translated in English. All the Parmans are in there. So Job Saib Katha by Sanjanel Singh is complete. That's on there. I've got, I've got hundreds of books I want to do. I've got 60 projects written on the wall. I've got all sorts. I've got loads I want to do. And then I've been given the duty by Sanjigji Singhji to translate their books. Santari Singhji have given me all their books to translate. And then, uh, you know, I've been given the Ishwara Upanist to translate by Sandarshan Singhji, you know, and, and other people. So I've got loads. I've got absolutely loads. Um, I had so, a question. Um, are there any opposing views uh, to the view that the name of the Barney of Dakhani Onkar is actually uh, Sri Onkar Sahib and Dakhani is a part of Rag uh, Ramkali. Uh, that is a view and you will find in some of the Gutkas and within some of the old sticks written by the Nirmali, the Barney is just called Onkar. That is it. Sorry, Paji, does that answer the question or... Yeah, yeah, it does. I was, yeah. I was just thinking, like, is there any uh, opposing views to that, that it's not, that it's actually Dakhani Ongar and Dakhani is not a part of the Rag? Yeah, uh, basically, that, that's what they're pointing out. And some people just call the Barney Ongar. You will hear that within some of the Gathas um, by like Lulu Alessandro, people like that, they'll call it Ongar. The Barney Ongar, the Barney. They'll call it that. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So I have a question, Paisab. So uh, basically, so every few months we have like a youth camp. For example, we had like the summer youth camp. We had the winter one. So uh, from April 2nd to 5th, we're having our spring youth camp. Uh, and for that, we get like a lot of different speakers. A lot of Sangat from around the world is coming now because of COVID. So like online camps are the places to go. So we're wondering if it's possible uh, because a lot of the people are messaging me right now saying, yo, um, Baisab is so amazing. We want to hear more. Would it be possible for you to make it out as a speaker for our uh, spring Sikh youth camp? Uh, I'll be honest with you, Singh. I would absolutely love that, but my job will not allow me to do that. Um, I, I work in the police. I'm, a, I'm an active police officer. Uh, my job is to deal with um, undercover work, and I deal with informants, so I won't be able to leave where I am at all. I apologize for that. I, if I get a day away, it's two oh, days it's, leave. It's that, is, that is the most I can have. It's, it's, oh, like, it's you online. Know, you know how we're talking okay. right now? It's literally yes, this, except with like 120, 130 people listening at the same time. And that way you just have to come for uh, one or two hours or however long you want for like one day for like one segment. Like for example. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. That's, so, that's fine by me. I, yeah. Sorry, I, I, I misjudged that completely. I thought. Oh, oh, yeah, it's not a physical leave. camp. Normally, yeah, COVID normally, doesn't allow that. I was, I, was, I was like, you know, if it's, if it's leave, I, I can't come at the moment because I'm stuck. But, yeah, you know, if, if that's the case, you know, I, I'll be happy to do that. Um, as long as the, the Sangat have been happy with this and, and uh, you tell me what topics you want and it's guided sure. towards the right age range. Yeah. You know, I, I know I go on a bit. Well, I'll go on more Oh, no, the Sangat loves it, hours. man. So many people are messaging me right now saying, yo, uh, we love Baisab. How much longer can you keep them here for? It's amazing. Can you ask this question for us? That question. So that's everyone good. absolutely loves advice up here. That's that's good. I've tricked you all to making you think I'm 
I'm an original person, but I'm really government of India and I've tricked you all. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. So how we'll do it is, um, Gagan Singh, you can just get in contact with Paisab in terms of the logistics for the camp. Does that work, uh, Paisab? Anything works. You lot have great to make me understand how to use this. So whatever you lot need to do, I'm, you know, I'm happy to do whatever as long as you, you lot as a community are happy with me speaking and just giving me the terms of what you want and the age range. Um, and I'm more than happy. Yeah, I'm the age range is about uh, 16 to about 27, 28. So it's a pretty, Good. it's like basically youth. That's, that's, that's what I like. You know, I just thought if it's young kids, that's, you know, you just got to dumb things down. So yeah, I'm more than happy with that. That's fine, man. So uh, the next question was, how do you deal with people attempting to distort the meaning in some of your translations in a way that's against Gurbani? Well, the, the good thing about the um, distortion of meanings is you, you do get a lot of people trying to distort meanings. It's, it's, it's easily done because what people uh, try to use is the, the line of Barney going, and you're just like, you know, you use your logic to try to do that. That's fine. But if it goes against Gurbani and the essential message of Gurbani, we can pr- disprove that very easily. Thankfully, there are tikas going back, however many. There's 700 tikas on the Sri Jabji side by different people. There's tikas everywhere on all sorts of things. So if somebody tries to mistranslate something, thankfully the knowledgeable Vidvans and the, uh, the Mahapur Kamagyanis from before have already done their tikas. So we can just challenge them based on that. And when you've got somebody like Santagyani Gurubhachan Singhji's Gatha, who's gone through every type of definition possible, whether it's Khandak or under, uh, you know, or Dandak, or they've gone through Anve, or they've gone through Antriv, or you know, they've gone through all the different types of Artsi Canon, everything, and gone through every Purman and mentioned every sort of text. You can't compete with that. These people who are sat there today as their modern day missionaries who are saying, you know, it's a Brahmanvad, this is this, this is that. And that's not Brahmanvad. That's the same as we get when we're in our job and you get somebody who is just full of ignorance, cannot understand the message being conveyed and just doesn't want to hear it. So it's very easy to challenge that. And we can do that through through whatever means. Singh, can I ask a question, please? Of course you can. Come very deep, man. We love you. This is quite a, quite a session. See, I, I want to ask you a question. Yeah, it's, uh, I could ask you personally, but maybe someone else can take something from it as well. So I thought I'll ask it in this, uh, in this space, which is very deep. So um, you talked about Sant Hari Singh Ji Rundave Wale and uh, Sant uh, Jagjit Singh Harkawal Wale, yeah? Yeah. And you, how do you refer to them as your stars? I, I refer to them as my stars, but my stars are in, in the same way as you, you'd resp- respond to any group. I, you know, I, I, I call them as they are. Mahapur Vidwans, I call them, you know, whatever you want to call them. You know. Hanji. But, but them specifically, it? like Sant Hari Singh Ji, Randhavi Wale, Sant Jukji Singh, Harkowal Wale, like you built um, closer relationships with them. You, you, entrusted them with your like you you surrendered to them no well basically when there was nobody else you know when i look at it and think when i had nobody else when there was nobody else when i've gone through trouble times and and things like that they've been able to just sit and talk to me i've been able to 
talk to them like I'd want to talk to anybody if I phoned the Samaritans, you know, basically like that. Uh, you know, not only have they been there as a Vidya style and then given me Vidya, but they've cared for me as a, just a normal individual, like I'm their child. You know, they help me raise my, you know, my kids and things like that. The pair of, and the pair of them phone me. The pair of them, you know, whenever I need advice on a granth, they'll do that. You know, with Sanjay G Singh especially, they just ask, well, what granth do you need recording now? And you just go, this one. And they'll start the katha on it. You know, Santhali Singh Ji, I said to him years ago, can you... We need a teak on the Sivigur Granth Sahib. We need a teak on these Vedanta Granths. They've done it. They're now doing the Vichar Saga. They're, it's, it's, it's so interpersonal. It's no different to how I talk to my dad. That's how I see it. The parents. So did they, did they, thank you, Singh, did they present themselves, I know it's, it's a, but did they, I'm just interested, like, did they present themselves to you in your life and and you knew from inside or did you approach them? No, no, you, you, end of the day, uh, whatever it is, it's just a, uh, with Sanjig Ji, Singh Ji, Harkwal, I met them when I was 12, 13. You, everybody knows what their personalities are, very, very strict and, and the way they are. But what I saw was, I used to go to their lectures and I was recording them at the time and they approached me spoke to me and then before you know it they are the most kind-hearted individual i've ever met in my life where people would think they are really difficult to approach uh, you know i've just found that they are completely the opposite so and um, from then on you know they always phone they've always phoned my parents they look after everything that goes on and and the relationship just changed and then i realized you know they, they just it was i'm not going to say it's them or, or somebody else but when I went through, well, you know, my personal problems here in the UK, when I went through my personal problems, they said to me, they said, look, your kids are here. Your kids are old enough. Um, so why don't you take the Mahanti here and we will get somebody to leave their Gaddi here. They're about to go, so you take their Mahanti and become a Mahanti here. You know, those sorts of things. I, I never expected those sorts of opportunities or, or the vidya from them. Um, but what I heard from them was, so, you know, they mentioned a number of grants that I'd never heard in my life. And that was it. I was, I was sort of attached and I was intrigued. With Sant Hari Singh Ji, I met them in 1998. Never knew them. Didn't know anything about them. Went to one of their kathas. Not because they were there. I was actually there to see another Gyanmi at the time. And um, they broke down for the first time the details of all the chakras, the kundalini, uh, everything in the dasam in a katha, and that was it. Uh, and from then on, I approach them, and uh, every year I take my leave and spend my time with them when they come. So, Maharaj, you can buy whatever jitis and yoga there. Some yoga and ali, yeah? Karma and sari. Hanji. Oh, thank you, Kapi. So, the next question we have is uh, What is the history of Kirpan Amrit? <laughs> um, that's that's one to ask the the Nahans, really, because as far as I'm concerned, there isn't a separate one. However, there is a kurbanam that they either use for young children or females within the bunt. Um, but I don't know much about it. To be quite honest, um, I think it's quite detrimental to have a 
a second omelet, um, if or, or a, a, an omelet that's designed to marginalise certain people. So the next question is, um, what are your thoughts on the death penalty from a Sikhi perspective? Are there any historical references during Guru Sahib's time and uh, different Sampradas' perspectives on it? <clears throat> um, no, to be honest. Um, the Sikhi is very different in comparison to other faiths. Other faiths have death penalties for sins that they commit. And uh, we don't find that in Sikhi. So for that reason, I, I don't really know. The death penalty... Well, if people need to be put to death, they're put to death. When, I, when you read the Guru Gobind Singh, you put the Masans to death and the way that they were put to death and for what reason. So a death penalty does exist, but it's not put into a place where we can say through a feudal system how we would judge people based on their karma or, or sins. Do you see Sikhi in overall decline or on the rise at the moment? Um, realistically, Sikhi is on the rise, but it's more picky Sikhi. That's how I see it. There is a lot more people who are adopting the Bana, adopting the Kurbans, who are taking Amrit, who are, you know, you, you see on people who uh, adorn the garb of a Sikh because it's fashionable, because it looks good, because you meet people. I, I, you know, I see a lot of that. I see a rise in that. What I don't see in Sikhi is the knowledge. The knowledge is, I think it's coming back. I think the internet helps massively. I think people are sharing things. But the lack of knowledge in, Sikh, in Sikhs is disproportion it is so low in comparison to like i said i go and meet individuals um from different faiths and their level of knowledge um and the way they talk and the way they put things across is a lot greater than it is within Sikhi. uh within Sikhi, within yeah within Sikhi, i'd say without a doubt uh, and that that's what i see i don't see a decline in Sikhi. i see you know you see numbers Sikhi is always rising um, in numbers, but um, in the same way, there's more grains of sand. You, you know, there's more grains of sand than there's diamonds. And what you want is to create diamonds, put the pressure on people, force that grain of sand into a piece of diamond. That's what you want. Because we can have as many pieces of sand as we want. It doesn't mean anything. So the next question is. Uh, do you think that the lack of knowledge has to do with limited access to all this gyan or, nor f or no formal institutions in Sikhi, especially in the West? Uh, no. No, I, I've lived in the West. I'm useless when it goes to India. You know, I go to India once every 10 years. I spend a little bit of time. I have learned all my vidya here. Um and I've learned all my video from when somebody comes, you know, I, I'm really sad. I record everything because if I've asked a million questions, I might forget. I record everything. I listen to it again and again and again. I think I get that from work. Um, that's where that comes from. I don't think there's a lack in the West at all. There are so many decent Gyanis. And 
you know, this is the thing that you got to do. Gyanis come every every week to a guru card. <clears throat> you know, there are some really good gyanis. There's a Bible B Sindhi here from England who does Gathana in Canada and everywhere. He was one of the first gyanis I approached in the UK. And I was, you know, he had come to do Katha at the guru card. And he's one of the first that I approached and I said, I've got this Vedanta Granth. Can you go through this with me? And he set out an hour a day. I said, I've got this Granth. Can you go through this with me? I've got these questions. Can you go through this with me? I did the same with everybody who comes. Now, you know, um, I don't try to bug people. I ask them if they say no, they say no. Uh, and, and I leave it there. Um, but that's what I've done. And I think that people don't take those opportunities. They, they'll go listen to a bit of Katha, go home. They might have a conversation, and the conversation's more on the relative aspects of the world and how things are, rather than on, this is my opportunity to gain this knowledge. Uh, and even if I get 10 minutes of this is the Jeev, this is the Atama, this is Brahm, this is what you need to do. Okay, how do I do um, uh, Guru Mantra Simran? Okay, how should I be doing this? Okay, um, I, when I do this part, what should I be doing? How do I focus on my Dhyan? What do I do when I do my Japji Sahib in the morning? Where should my mind be? You know, these sorts of questions are basic questions, but nobody seems to be asking them. You know, um, and, and that's what I'd say, when you get a Vidavan come in or a, any sort of individual that you can learn something from, learn it. That, that's, that's all it is. I just think, I know we haven't got the institutions here. I know we haven't got uh, the opportunity to learn Katha, but um, what we do have is Santya. Start off with the Santya if you need to, just get anything. And then, you know, you look at people like Hajinda Singh Nick in, uh, like I said, in the West Mint. He does online classes every week, and at the moment he's going through uh, the Sri Narayan of this, uh, Narayan Hari of this by Pandit uh, Hardesan, which is a massive, uh, basically like a Pagatamala Granth by the Nirmalas. And he's just like, I should be listening to that, taking whatever I can. And I, I, I just think that there's a lack of um, desire within today's individuals. Uh, you know, I, I work every day but I try to make sure I listen to six hours of Katha a day. As I'm listening to Katha, if I hear something I like, I write the times down of that thing. I take a clip of it, I put it on Sikhism in snippets. I just think there's there's no drive. There's no drive, and there should be more. That's all. So the next question is, what initially led you to take the further steps uh, in your journey into Sikhi? Um, <clears throat> you know, don't get me wrong. If we're talking about spiritual steps, where it's taking on with and things, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm not here to lie about anything. I broke my omelet years ago, and I've been in a a mental place where I'm thinking, when do I take it again? What do I do? Where, do, where's my life going? I could talk about, you know, so I'm not here to uh, put myself forward as a prominent individual who's spiritually. My my push into further learning about the uh, metaphysical aspects of Sikhi was, like I said, 1998, all of a sudden Santhari Singhji opens up about all these things that I knew existed but I had no desire to find out about them. The moment I find out that this is where your chakras are, this is where your jiva are, this is where your dasandar is, this is what happens here, this is what you can see, this is what you can't see. When I find out that I, that's the point I become intrigued. And I just think to myself, well, I want to know all this. 
um, you know, I, I was 16. I had a really bad kidney problem. And at 16, I was, I was quite ill. And, and then from that, once I hit 18, that was it. My I wanted to know because I was like, there's more to this. There's more to, uh, you know, everything. And that was it. Once I hit that moment and I had heard those things, I was one of these, you know, when you see these crazy people who um, go around chasing storms or volcanoes or things like that, I was one of these crazy people who ran around the country in my car when I knew a, a Purchadik was here or a Sadhu was here or Mahapurpur Yani was here of some uh, substance, substance, some substance uh, that could help me. And uh, that was it. I was done. I was hooked. That, that eventually cost me my marriage because my, my um, ex-wife hated two things. She hated, my, she hated Sadhus and she hated migrants. And that's what cost me my divorce. So, but my spiritual, what, what I, what I wanted my sticky is more important to me. So that was it, 1998, I remember that. So can you talk uh, more about the Dasam Granth from a historical perspective? For example, was its formalization as a Granth specifically ordered by the Gurus themselves? And was it present in 1708, as some people claim? Uh, also, uh, why does this debate exist? Um, right, Sri Dasam Granth, we know from the Barneys itself that it was written prior to the commencement of the Amr in 1699. We know, uh, I'm writing a book at the moment, uh, which is based on uh, Gyanis Shir Singhji explaining the Tuaya Prasad Savayi. We know from the stories within the Tuaya Prasad Savayi, the Athanaka of it is with uh, Ratan Rai, you know, uh, obviously, he, com he comes along uh, and Maharaj teaches him about dispassion. The Akalas that we already know from the Athanakas that Mata Sundariji wanted a child, Mata uh, Gurjiji was also there. They asked Siddhi Guru Govind Singhji that they want a child, how to have this child. And it's at that point that Siddhi Guru Govind Singhji says, we are currently in the middle of writing Gurbani at the moment. So just wait. So what we will end up doing instead is... Um, this poti that we are currently writing, we will give you that. Make sure you recite the Barney of that, sh uh, that uh, recite the Barney daily uh, as many times as you can. And that was the Akalastut. So we get these Atanakas already. So prior to Siddhartha Gorman Sinji's Amrasajara, these, these Barneys are being created. By the time we hit 1704, obviously we get this, uh, the Dum Dummy be being created. The Jafarnama being sent off from Dinakangar to Aurangzeb, so that's already been created. Fatinama has been created as well. Uh, the Hekayats are with the um, Jafarnama. So we know that these things are being created in the time of the Gurus. We hit 1708. Maharaj makes their way to uh, uh, Nandir. Nandir, obviously, they show their previous much from a previous life. They show all their things where the Masid was and claim that this is our place of worship from previous lives. Maharaj gets that. They go to Sarablo Bunga where they do all the arts of the Sarablo Granth and write it. But also one of the things that is told within the Sampradayak Katha is that within that year, Siddhigur Gobind Singhji at Hirak Atagurdwara in Nandir is where they do all the arts of the Dasam Granth. The Dasam Granth is explained there. So when, when the arts are given, given there, so there is a Dasam Granth, although 
may not be in a standardized form or a bound form. I don't know how that is, but the uh, the Taksads and Nirmala, the Odasis, the Nahangs, they all say that the arts were done by Guru Gobind Singh Ji there. So we know in 1708 there is a Dasam Granth. Which one there is, I don't know. What Barneys are involved, I do not know. Um, so with regards to the standardization, we get from that later on, we get the letter from by Mani Singhji after Siddhi Guru Gobind Singhji leave for Sachkhand uh, and pass their jot on to Siddhi Guru Ransai. So they leave and by Mani Singhji writes a letter to Mata Sa- uh, Sa- Is it Mata Sahib God? Yes, Mata Sahib God. Mata Sahib there, and they say that we have got hold of these chitras, we've got hold of these things, we still look for this one to compile the Sri Dasam Granth. So we know the Dasam Granth is compiled, I think, 1714. And it's around that time that we also get, obviously, by Mani Singhji writing the Karabir, which incorporates the Bani from the Siddhi Granth Sahib and the Siddhi Dasam Granth. Now, the problem we have is there's no standardization, because quite frankly, we've already got a beer somewhere towards um, Nadir. We've got the Akalastat and Bani like that within the hands of Singhs already. Um, We've obviously got the uh, Trendy Divar and things like that, uh, other Barnia, which are in the possession of other things. Um, so it's there. It's only when we hit the Order Committee uh, in the 1800s that there's a standardization of the Dasam Granth. Now, I have not read all the uh, details of the Order Committee, but it can be found online. Um, people who, you know, who spend most of their time interested in Dasam like uh, Gamarup Singh and uh, Gurinder Singh Ma, and they, they spend more time on Dasam than anybody else, I think. They might have those answers, uh, but within the Sordak Committee, for some reason, that's where the standardization of the Sri Dasam Granth is um, compiled. I don't know why they're left out. Probably The Gorbin Gita is probably left out because of its size. I believe that's the same with the Ogurdanti. I believe that's the same with all the others, because one of the things that they did within the Sordic Committee was to make sure that the Granth goes no, is no bigger in size, in volume of Ungs, than the Siddhiguru Granth Sahib. Siddhiguru Granth Sahib is 1430 pages, Ungs, and the Dasam is 1428. So I believe they compiled it in a way to make sure it's smaller for, uh, re- you know, j- just uh, uh, humility reasons as well. And, uh, and obviously, because that we have no standardization, we have these apocryphal Barneys as well that are still sat outside. So I've got, you know, I've got no idea why the decisions were made for the formalization of the grant. And I believe that would have been because of the arguments that would have been taking place where, you know, some Takas have got the Ugardanti Barney being read, the Namtais are reading the Ugardanti Barney, uh, you've got the Malkal Sabasai Dasmi being read, you've got the Gorbin Gita being read by the Nirmali, I, I know that. Um, you know, so it, it's that sort of thing. So I think that was the reason why, um, obviously, the standardization took place. With regards of why is there a debate, is that a debate on the Dasam Granth in whole or the debate on the standardization? Can I ask that? So I think it's uh, on the standardization. Or it could go either way, honestly, but like the whole part doesn't really matter because it's 
would you say it's um basically pretty much every single sampradha kind of acknowledged the sangranth and it's only that in the modern day where we have these neo missionaries like posting sabha era that people are starting to kind of doubt yeah. the sambani as a whole yeah 100% the the nirmale the namtaris the sevapanthis they all they all acknowledge the dasangranth they all acknowledge you know the baniya within the dasangranth there is no skepticism or or debates on it there may have been from certain individuals but as a whole it's accepted the sri dasangranth is accepted even the udasis um, so all four of the yeah, yeah, original yeah. sampradayas okay yeah, the Adasis as well. The Adasis accept what's within the Sri Guru Granth Sahib. Uh, you know, accept what's in the Sri Dasam Granth. The only problem you have with the Adasis is the Adasis are more focused on the Sargun form, so they spend most of their time on reading the the Bhagavad Mahapuran or the uh, uh, Chandi Purans and things like that because their their focus is on the form of Ishwar. So you see that when you go there, and they've, they've got Murti on everywhere, and pictures of Hanuman or Vishnu and things like that. So. Their focus is more on that, but they don't argue. You look at Swami Brahmadev, like I said, his lectures on Dasam Granth are probably the best you can find on the whole of the internet. He said many a times, put me in front of Professor Darshan Singh and I'll set him right. It was only Professor Darshan Singh saying, no, I will only stand in front of a Singh and argue with him and have a debate with him, not in front of a Saad, because he is an Amartari. Um, so question, um, what is the correct form for bead asan? Is it right leg or left? And what is the history of the asan? Um, also, was Jab Sahib first recited by Guru Sahib in this asan? Oh, okay. Right. So question, it says that Guru, Guru Sahib read it in the asan. There's Gyani Harpajan Singh, you mentioned it within his gatha. that Maharaj was sat in bead asan when he first did it. Um, the bead asan... Um, I, I have been told that the arson comes due to the way you are sat there holding weapons, but I can't tell you that for, for you know, I can't be 100% in, in any way on that. The best thing I would say with that is to refer to them, the hunks. They, they know more about the arsons than anybody else. I don't know whether that's something that somebody like Javala or somebody like that will be able to help out with, because they seem to know more about the the arsons when it comes to the holding of weapons and the uh, the care of weapons. So the next question is, do you think it's beneficial to listen to something like Suraj podcast, which is basically a summary of the history written, or listen to Katha of Suraj Prakash on which, um, which has a commentary along it? I think... If you are starting and have absolutely no knowledge of Sikhi, your grasp of Punjabi is really poor, then something that um, uh, obviously Dvala is doing with, with the Suraj podcast is really good because it's, it's like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, just as a summary. Yes, it's good. It is good for those individuals that are getting into it. I'd say it's good if you want to know if that idea is for you to, to read as well. <clears throat> what I'd... But for me, there is nothing better than Katha. I, you know, I, I've been through the stages where I couldn't understand a word of Punjabi. I've gone through years and years and years of listening again and searching terms and trying to figure out this and go through glossaries and whatnot. For me, there is nothing better than Punjabi Katha because, you know, I, I, I find it difficult when I initially tried writing these English translations and putting the, the mind facet. And the mind facet is supposed to be 
the antiskaran. But the mind facet doesn't make sense because the antiskaran is made up of, you know, different terms. I'd always say that Katha is the best thing, but you've got to have a grasp of Punjabi. It's it's working towards it. So I'd say what Jawala is doing is really good. And it's bringing new people who have had little experience or little um, little interest into Sikhita. So now go, oh, hang on, in 10 minutes I've learned something. So next question is, uh, why do some people say Mata Sahib Gaur and some say Mata Sahib Deva, which is correct, like from a historical perspective? Uh, the one that is right, Mata Sahib Deva is it's written Mata Sahib Deva in in a load of texts, and I don't I don't have it to hand. Jawala actually put up a load of images of from different texts where it's actually written as Mata Sahib Deva, uh, but Mata Sahib Kaur is no different. It's the same as. When you look at um, the names on some Isha Singh Jirala Saiwala's um, letters, he writes Isha Hari. You know, you look at uh, some Indrajit Singh Ji's uh, name that he puts for Santa Gurbachan Singh Ji, he writes Chetan Balas Hari. It is looking at what Deva means, what God means. Um, and they're supposed to. I've not had a look at the linguistics, and I could be told this is completely rubbish. I've been told that they mean the same thing in the way that Hari and Singh mean the same thing. Jetan Balas Hari means Gurbach and Singh, you know, that sort of thing. So I don't know if it's name play. You know, Guru Gobind Singh called themselves Adam and Shyam. You know, I don't know. So the next one is what is the historical perspective on Sikhs believing in Hindu Devi Devtas? Did they believe them to be literal beings or just metaphors, as some suggest today? Um, well, when Maharaj says, you know, you know, is, is Guru Nandavji talking about metaphorical things or not? You know, you look at uh, what uh, the arts of Onkara, Akaru Karma Karma Depend Pehchan, Charuko Sandaijo, Onkara Pehchan. You know, it says in there it's Akar, which is a Brahma, you know, or Okar, which is a, a Vishnu, Makar is, a, uh, is Shiva. You know, these these come into what Oma, but Akar is big. If the basis of Gurbani is based on something that isn't true, it makes whatever Gurbani is, false as well. What you got to look at it is, and this is where I'd say, this is where you need to term and look at it in a Semitic sense. The Semitic sense states that they have the, the, the archangels of Michael, Gabriel, um, and obviously uh, um, Azrael. So in the same way, that is how you look at the, um, the Devdeh. Where Sanjay Jitendra have done a katha, they said there's no difference. They said Brahma is Mikhail, um, um, you know, Jibrail is uh, obviously Vishnu, and then obviously the last one is is uh, Azrael, and that's what they are. You got to look at it as God is above all those, and those are the workers of God, and that's all they are. In the same way that the Semitic faiths will go, these are the archangels, these are the Metatrons, this is this, these are all the the workers of God. So, in the way God is the worker, they're the hands; they do His work for Him. 
God controls everything, like saying Gurbani Kamai Jogdhan So they are they are present. It's not from Maya, those three are present. They do their work, but they can't see God. You know, they they can't see him, they can perceive him, they can hear him like everybody else can, they can't see him. So God can see them, they can't see him. Uh, so Gurbani, they exist, it's just we don't worship them. In the same way that Jews and Christians and all, they don't worship the angels because they know that it's God doing everything. But in the same way as doing that. You just gotta you gotta compare it in that sort of manner. The problem you have is with the Sanatan terms, they believe that it it was you know, it was these deities that were doing everything in the same way that the Greeks and the Romans did. So the next question is, oh, well, also, by, by the way, Paisab, so we're currently at uh, 4 hours, 41 minutes. So if you need to take a break or end it here, just let us know, Paisab. Uh, let's go another 15 minutes and I'll go for a break. Okay, sounds I'll good. Get... Is that All right. right? Yeah, of course, of course. We can go, like, the longest one we've done is literally, like, six hours during Halloween <laughs> where there's a Paisab from Canada who's talking about how in their dream they went to a different dimension to meet, like, Indira Gandhi's ghosts and stuff. And, like... Yeah, so so don't worry. We've done talks that have been way That's longer. Okay. So as long as you want to go, we keep on going. Yeah, yeah. Sangat here no, loves it. Right now we have over 31 members yeah. currently listening in live. At our peak, we had about 80. And so overall, we've had about over 100, I would say, because people are joining in and out. So yeah. Um, so the next question is, have six or Khalsa historically done the Havan? Um. Within the Nirmal tradition, Udasi traditions, Havans still go on. They still occur. I have seen them occur. Um, so yeah, they do. They do happen. They do happen. Actually, within the Hungs, um, they do occur as well. I, you know, I think it's only within the several countries I've not seen it. Have I been involved in any of them Havans? No, I don't. Uh, do I know why they're doing them? No, I don't. Um, but I've seen them doing it in the same way as the Namtaris. The Havans go on when some of the Dasambanis are being read. Um, but I, I can't tell you what in what context or why it's being done. I can't tell you that. But yes, I have seen it. I went to Bernieside where I saw it being done. Um, I have been uh, with the Namtaris. I've seen it done when we were at the Bangar. Uh, Gurdwara, which is uh, Fatigar Sahib. Uh, I've seen it with the Nirmala. Um, I've seen it with some Sutra Shahis as well um, in Jalandar. So it does occur. Uh, the reasons for it, I can't tell you why. Um, and I can't tell you one, in what context. I just know that, you know, with the uh, Nantaris especially and the Nirmala in the Hangs, there's you know, Bani going on at times. So uh, the next question is, um, were the original marriages done around a fire? So I, I assume the person's referring to the marriages of the gurus. <clears throat> no, I don't believe that. Uh, you know, from I, I, you know, there are those that will read the glance and go, yes, yes, it does say that. What I've always been taught by my stars is that no, especially Sugur Nandaji when they write out the the month of on guard and they circumambulate that that's where the first marriage starts so um you know that that's that's where it comes from but no I, I don't believe that is the case 
what is the history behind the label 96 Karori? Oh, um, damn. I can't answer that now, but I'd suggest reading Gyani Gurwinder Singh Nangli's Nihanganama um, if somebody wants the details of it um, or a copy of it. I have it in PDF because Gyaniji sent it me. Uh, it details why it's called that in there um, because I'd only read it the other day. So I can give somebody the details for that, but unfortunately I've not got it to hand. I can't remember it off the top of my head. So, Paisab, do you want to take the break now or do you want to keep on going for a bit? Because a lot of Sangat are joining in now that we put the announcement out. We're getting a lot more questions too. So, do you want to just take the break now? If, if that's the case, yeah. Take take a break for five minutes and okay. uh, grab a glass of water and I'll be back. If that's Sounds okay. good. All right. So, just take however long you want. So, Sangachi, uh, Paisab is just going to take a break because we've been going for over uh, four and a half hours right now. So, put any questions you have in the question box. It can be about sick history, sick literature, sick philosophy, sick groups, personal questions, uh, financial questions, anything. Just put it in the question box and um, we'll see you guys back in about five minutes uh, when Paisab is back. I'm, I'm also going to quickly go take a break as well. I'll be right back. Bicep's going to basically have a copper in it, but Bicep's going to have a copper. Come, have a copper, mate. All right, a glass of water. They're going to give you another five hours.
Sangachi, uh, how are you guys finding the talk so far? It's amazing. I mean, I don't even know. You know, we had this resources. Of... Also, uh, what we're planning on doing, Sangachi, is uh, Paisab says that he can get us a lot of books at a reduced rate. So what we're thinking is this. Uh, we're thinking of assigning local sevadars in each city um, so that the Sangat can all pool their maya together and order it uh, shipped to one location, and then they can distribute it amongst themselves. So that way everyone sh saves on shipping, and Paisab gets a bigger cut of it, because if you order it through the website, the publisher takes 40% of it. So that way it's better for Paisab, and it's more cheaper for the Sangat as well. So if you guys are interested in that, just, uh, here's what I'll do. So in the announcement section, react to that message with a thumbs up if you are interested in the whole book thing where um, where what we're going to do is we're going to pool uh, the Maya together and then assign different save with us for different locations. Uh, and that way you can order as many books as you want. And then Paisab will have like a custom print for that. So it's going to be cheaper for you, easier for Paisab to ship it. And uh, Paisab will retain more of the Maya rather than the, going to the publisher. So just react to the message that's just posted in the announcement section if you're interested in that. And then after the event, we'll get all the logistics sorted out and everything. So how are you feeling, Paisab? I'm good, thank you. I'm just, I'm just saying to just meet someone who's just text me and said, 10 minutes till the uh, AEW wrestling. I'm quite sad. I, uh, I sit here watching the wrestling about this time at night. Oh, okay. So. Uh, if, if you want, um, no, 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 I'm joking. I'm joking. Should we do like a wrestling live stream? Oh man, I'd do that all day. It's really sad. I'm like a 40 year old man. My kids take the mick out of me all the time for this sort of thing. So, uh... <laughs> no, because like last night, we were uh, a few of the things here. We were like watching uh, like a UFC match or whatever on, on Discord, yeah. we just live streaming for the whole song because that way everyone could see it. So, if you want, we can in the background live stream some wrestling <laughs> or something. No, 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 see, if, if that's the case, um. We'll never get finished because um, I'll be uh, more uh, focused on the wrestling, which is really sad. So no, don't worry. Okay. I'll sit there, talk, talk to my workmates about it tomorrow because they're sad as me, so it's fine. All don't right. worry. <laughs> okay. And Sangachi, uh, again, uh, if you guys have any questions uh, regarding anything, just put it in the question box. And if you would like to take part in the whole uh, group book purchasing to help buy sub out and make it easier for you guys to buy the books, react to the message posted in uh, announcements. Okay. So, Paisab, um, are we ready to continue? Yes, of course. All right, sounds good. So, the next <coughs> question is, <laughs> how do you improve your grasp on Punjabi to be able to read classical Punjabi writings and recordings, uh, especially if you were born and raised in the West? Um, basically, I was the same as everybody here. I was 16, 17. I sat there listening to Katha and... Um, I would grasp about two minutes of it, and that was about it. So I made it a point to listen, uh, repeat it, and continue listening. And then if I needed to, I would go home or, well, especially at the time, there was no internet. So it was a case of go home and ask my dad what something meant. You know, I'd say, this is what I picked up, Dad. This is what I picked up from the gutter. Am I right or am I wrong? Uh, explain to me what happened. 
most of the time he'd just be like, I, I can't be bothered because obviously mm. it's, it's hard, hard work trying to explain it <laughs> because uh, because that's not the easiest thing to explain to people who, who have no grasp of, of the, uh, you know, the concepts. So what I did was, like I said, I, uh, I continued to listen. I picked up bits. I started listening to more Gurbani. Um, from Gurbani, you start picking up some of the terminology that's being used. Um, I started to read, uh, read a lot. But then I was lucky I had really good Sangat around me. I, I ended up going to university here where, you know, some of the people around me, I had a Baikul Jeet Singh who's now, uh, you know, he's Sikhi to the max in, in the UK. Uh, sorry, uh, Sikh to Inspire in the UK. And then he's now, he's now in India. But his, you know, he was somebody who was at uni with me. Uh, Kamarup Singh, who's obviously done all this stuff on the Dasam. Um, he was at uni with me. Uh, Thita Singh Nirmala was probably one of the most influential individuals I've never, ever met in my life. He's a, a, a Singh who's born as John Clyde Evans, born into a hippie family, had no idea of what Sikhi was, read an English translation of Jabji Sahib and something happened and he became a Sikh. And, but he learned everything before everybody else whether it's Raghavidya, Sanskrit, Hindi, Punjabi. And having good influences like that and having Sangat around you to go, what about this? What is this? What is this? And then they would bring up a subject topic that you've never heard of before. You know, for the first time, I remember it was Gomarup Singh bringing up the Salvador Grant when I was like, what? Never heard of this Grant. What about this? I've never heard of this. So I think it's vital you start... I'm not saying get rid of any bad sangat or anything like that. You still got to have your friends. You still got to have whatever. But it's good to catch up with people who are like-minded, who are intellectuals, who are knowledgeable, and they can start explaining things to you. You know, listening to katha again and again and again is is essential, and that's what I'm trying to do with my books now. I the katha as it is said is what I write down. I just put it into an English vernacular so that people can understand what's going on. So, like the 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 classic example is the job side got by Sanjanel. Somebody can pick up my book, have that in front of them, and be listening to the katha at the same time while they're reading. And you know, it's it's there, it's all there, uh, and that's what I'm trying to do. So the next generation don't have that problem and don't have to sit through years and years and years of studying and learning and things like that. I want to make the Qatar accessible in an English format so everybody can have that, uh, you know, that ability to grasp what Sikhi is really saying. So the next question is, do you have to belong uh, to a Samparada such as like Nihang, Taksali, etc. or is there is there a quote-unquote mainstream Sikhi? No, you just have to be Guru that's it. That's all you have to do. You don't have to join one of these. You know, there's there's many people. Like I said, look at Pindar Parson. Look at Gyani San Singh Ji Muskeen. They had been to these Sampardas and learned. They had gone to all these places and gained tutelage from different teachers. But they never assigned themselves a... Um, a, a what, what do you call it? They never assigned themselves to a group. They never said that I now belong to this group or I am part of this group. You know, they, they just continued on. They're, they're, you know, and their Purchar is still there. You know, you look at the Jatidar of uh, Patana Sahib at the moment is uh, Gyanidhan Jeet Singh Gaur, uh, Gaur, Gaur He learned from Muskeen. 
but he's he's ahead of a duck. So he's if you look at it, he'll he'll probably go. Well, I never had any sampradayik teaching, but Muskeen's teaching just sampradayik. You don't have to belong to a sampradayik. It's just it's just in the same way as you being um, at university. This is how I always look at it. You being at university, and uh, you are looking to obtain the education from different schools of thought. That is all you're doing. You're grasping that. If you want to look at the Sampradas as an analogy, it is a garden. And a garden is full of different types of flowers. You can pick one type of flower, it will give you one type of fragrance. You pick the flowers from different Sampradas, put them together, you've got a bouquet of flowers which will smell even, even greater and they'll complement each other. That's what you're looking for. But you don't have to assign yourself a name and say, I am part of this, or I am a Nirmala, I am a Nahang, I am whatever. You don't need to do any of that. So the next question is, how does Suraj Prakash differ from how it is written today and from when it was uh, edited and uh, what was taken out of Suraj Prakash when it was edited? Mm, uh, interesting. Right. The, I have only heard, only because I've not actually physically seen any of the original Suraj, of Suraj Prakash. The Suraj Prakash is, you know, I've only heard from a number, a number of different sadhus who have said there is source material that you can look at, and there are a number of things that have been added uh, within within the glass. So you get. Um, I remember listening to a piece of Katha by Santhari Singhji where they were talking about um, Sri Guru Gobind Singh, Sri Guru Arjan Dev Ji in Badali when Sri Guru Har Gobind Ji were born, and the two Bhangtiya which are next to each other, just didn't match up because one said that they were in Amritsar and the other one said they were in Vidali and said this has been added. You can see that because of this. You can see this because of that. So I can't tell you what has been added, what hasn't been added. You know, you listen. Uh, this is why I listen to the Qatar of elders who are esteemed and knowledgeable because they will tell you why it's been added or why they perceive that a certain text has been added or why something has been taken out. Um, and they can do that with the Rupa Deep and go and things like that. So you talk to all the sadhus and they say, yeah, there's, it has been edited, it has been done this. Santhari Singh explains basically what te- takes place is um, the writings of the Suraj Prakash are, take, are taken to uh, Sri Darbar Sahib. They're given to the Sikh Panth. All the rights are given there. Uh, the uh, text is then taken by uh, by Sun Singh. By Sun Singh, he gives it to his son, by Gurmukh Singh. When the Dogras are looking to go after um, Maharaj and Jeet Singh, Ji, obviously they uh, then go after by Gurmukh Singh and things like that. By Gurmukh Singh leaves his house. Uh, and obviously that's where the original Granth is, so things become altered and changed from there. I can find the link to that story. Um, it's in within one of the Kathas. And I may have put a link up on the Sikhism and Snippets podcast. I will have a look. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, so you listen to them, you listen to a number of other people, they, they say it's been edited. There are others who are adamant that it's not been edited because it suits their way of life. You know, what I'd say is, you know, if, with the grant, you always look at it and then you've always got to focus on every grant as a... Um, You've got to compare it to what Gurbani says. That's what you've got to do anyway. Because um, Gurbani is what we follow. 
everything else is a secondary text. Um, you know, and that's, that's why you got to look at it, especially with historical texts. So wait, do we still have the original Suresh Prakash that was written by Kaviji? Um, this is a question for Sansari, because they will be able to uh, add to that and explain that. But yeah, that, you know, I, I'd say next time that you get somebody like Santhari Singh or some of the Taksalis down, it's a question to ask them. Um, just have a look. Podcast 596 uh, is about the portions included in the Gurpurtab that have been added. So I have got a couple of podcasts on it. So a couple of clips on it. So they are, they are there. So another question um, is, how do we know uh, every Saki... Uh, sorry. How, how do we know uh, every Sakya, um is written to be true? Or should we take some Sakya with a grain of salt? Um, like I said to you, my, the question you have is with, with the Sakyas, you look at it and you make its comparison or uh, you look at it through a Gurmukh perspective. That's how, that's how you've got to look at it. You look at some of those Sakya and you go, well, actually, I don't, I don't agree with this. Um, and I don't think this is real. That's fine. You might not think it's real, but I, I wait for those people to explain it to me uh, and go, well, why is it real? Why is it not real? Uh, why Why do you think it's been changed or edited or in this manner? Um, so I look for those intellectuals to explain it. But the good thing is you've got five years since he's wrote a load of footprints within his texts. You know, you, you see like um, uh, Ajit Singh Oluk who edits things from his book because he doesn't agree with certain things. Uh, I know there is a tikka being created, a sampradayik tikka on the Surat Prakash and Nanak Prakash. So hopefully that will cover it. There's a really good tikka up until the life of Siddhi Guru Gobind Singh done by Dr. Kripal Singh. Probably the best tikka on the Nanak Prakash and Surat Prakash to buy if you're going to buy one. The Oluk one isn't great at all. There's there's a lot of issues with it. The other one is absolutely it's brilliant. It's really good. Um, so yeah, and, and obviously if there's an issue in there, they compare it to Gurbani and they say, well, Gurbani says this, so how could this be considered to be good or, or true because of this? Or how could the Guru have done this if in Gurbani it says this or it says this or it says this? Um, so Parkarni and Gurbani Nali Parkarni. That's what you're going to do. So uh, the next question is, do Nirmalas still learn Vidya from Gyanis of other religions slash traditions? Or was that only in the beginning? <clears throat> no, Nirmalas, you know, Nirmalas look to learn from wherever they can. So you will see the Nirmalas going to uh, other other places. Not just Nirmalas. You look at um, somebody like uh, Gyani Gurvinder Singh Mangli, who is in charge of the Sarbur Bunga. He's an, he's an Adasi who has spent a considerable amount of time. Sorry, sorry, I said Adasi. He's in Hangsi. He does a katha of the Sarbhlogrant on um, on the internet and things like that, and you know he's really focused on that. He's the one that's challenging a lot of stuff on the Brahm uh, Brahm uh, and things like that. So he's challenged a lot of those things. But what he does uh, also is he has spent time learning from the Nirmala uh, on the Nirmalgrants. He has also spent time learning from. Um, Ghazis and uh, Mullah uh, and uh, yeah, Muslim priests, Muslim clerics, to learn how to recite the Zafranama, Ganjanama, uh, by Nandalalji's Bani properly. So 
not only within Nirmalayan tra uh, traditions does it continue, but it continues on in those traditions as well. You know, the Hongs go there to learn. Uh, you know, people like um, not just in those traditions, but Gyanimah, uh, by Man Chor, he learned from the Muslims because he then went to Iran and did Qatar there and things like that on Gurbani and stuff like that. So yeah, so people are still learning from other other groups um, in the same way that you'd learn at school. School is, you know, a, a normal educational facility is not a religious facility. It's It goes against what Sikhi believes in some of the things that we learn, but we still learn it. It doesn't go against Sikhi to learn things from other institutions or places. The thing that you've got to focus on, and it says within the 52 hukums of Siddhi Guru Gorban Sikhi, is to learn the texts of other traditions, but keep your focus on Gurbani. If it supports Gurbani, use it. If it goes against Gurbani, do not use it. The next question is regarded to the one about Suraj Prakash. It's that um, which, if any, Saki grants written after 1708 had any alterations uh, made with malicious intent? Mm, right. Uh, the, the malicious intent. If you are in the hung, you are going to say that actually some of the stuff in Suraj Prakash you believe in. If you are in Nirmala, Odasi, Sivapanti, there are some aspects with regards to Sukha, Chatka, the, you know, those sorts of things. These minor issues that these Sampradas have with each other or these differences, they will argue upon. And they will say, well, according to Gurmata, that is wrong. According to this, this is wrong. And then the Nahans will go, actually, according to that, um, by this, I think this is right. According to that, this individual, this is still right. So it all it all comes down to that sort of thing. It all comes down to um, the perspective you are trying to go towards, you know. And there are individuals that will say that things are corrupted, and there's others that will say actually that prasanga is corrupted. So an example I give you is a sakhi within Surya Prakash, which talks about uh, the history behind dig, the history behind the growth of cannabis and the use of cannabis, and the Mahatma of using cannabis. Now, since all is crash, Ajit Singh Olak has completely left that out of his translation. It doesn't, it doesn't appear at all. Um, so that's not down to malicious intent. I know you're asking if it's down to malicious intent. Those aren't down to malicious intent. Those are down to person's ignorance or a person's viewpoints or a person's own moral perspective. With regards to alterations or the sucking of grunts, you know, uh, after 1708 with malicious intent, there possibly could be loads. There possibly, there possibly could be lots of things that are changed. But unless we have, and I always say, unless you have original source material, you're not going to go. So the next question is, what is the history of Bramkovich and why is it disputed recently? Uh, right, I'd, um, I'll, I'll touch upon it, but there's there's a lot of information on that. The, it's been disputed recently when Baba Hanam Singhji of uh, Taksal has come out and said, Bramkovich is not a, a Barney of the Gurus. It's not in any of the Gurkhas that we've got. It's not in any of the Grants we've got. We can't find it in some of the Dasam Grants as well. 
Again, Singh Nangri has found uh, the the Barney within a couple of Dasam grants. He finds uh, he finds it on a Shaster. Um, there are many people that repeat it as a Bolla. They say that it's given by Shemir Pasha. Um, obviously, the disputed issue with that is in within the Gurpurtap. It states when Sri Guru Hargobindji is talking to um, by Bidhi Chand, and he asks for somebody asks a question to do a Gurbani. Previously, what used to happen is the, the gurus used to recite a shabad that used to come to them now and then and create a shabad. Instead, uh, Siddhi Guru Hargobindji recites the shabad by Pagkabirji, Bhaji, Jesse, Bhaji, Gajami. So, talking about this is all a play, this is all an act, this person is an actor, all a Vedantic shabad. And Bhai Bidhichan says, Why didn't you, at the time, create your own shabad like the previous gurus used to do? And they say that as a sixth guru, we've been told that we are not to utter any shabads. Which to add the tuna to the Siddhi Guru Granth Sahib and that is it, but not to create any bindings. So the 6th, 7th and 8th Guru were told not to create any bindings. The Brahmka, which is said to be a bolla of Siddhi Guru Hargovanji, so that's disputed because The other thing is uh, disputed, some people say that the Brahmka, which is actually the Chalpa side, and it's like, that's, that's what Baba Hanam Singhji says, he said, if the Brahmka, which was such a powerful bani, then Sanjanar Singhji, while we were in the Tarmiyad Morcha, would have said to all their things, everybody recite the Brahm Kavaj. Everybody recite this. Everybody keep doing this. And instead, they don't. Instead, uh, obviously, they say that the, they were told that the Brahm Kavaj is the Chalpay side. It's, it's the Rakya, the Shabbat. It's the one that protects you. So the dispute comes there. Now, as far as I'm concerned with the dispute, there's the book come out by, uh, again, uh, convincing Nangli on the Brahm Kavaj. Um, and I think Pai Sukha Singh was looking at getting that translated at the time when I spoke to him. Um, so hopefully that comes out and clears the the uh, issues between the texts. The issue you have is, other than the Nahangs, again, this is one of those texts that none of the other Sampradas have, have been reciting. So all of a sudden, when it, it gains a bit of popularity, you get some of the other sample of those going, I don't know about any, I don't know about this. So the question, the problem, the, what should be happening is they should sit aside and have that conversation between themselves to elaborate upon what are, what are the issues rather than basically having a, a tantrum like a Karen on the internet. Um, so, Paji, the next question is, why is Vahu Vahu Sache Pasha Tu Sache Nai read in Akhand Parth at the end of each body in Rag Ramkli, even, th- even though it's only written in Guru Granth Sahib Ji after the first body? Is there a historical context? Right. Unfortunately, I don't know this off the top of my head, but I've heard it in the Katha by Gyani Harpajan. I will find it and I'll send a link. But I can't tell you off the top of my head. And they explained it too. They explained, I don't even know if they explained for or against it, but they do mention it and they do talk about it. So unfortunately, I cannot elaborate for, for the Sangha there, to be honest. I'll just be misleading you. That's all I'll do. So the next question is Is it good or advisable to take a notepad to a Gurdwara Sahib when listening to Katha or to make notes while listening to Katha online? Is it uh, a good habit to that's, make? Um, when we were talking about how did I grasp my Punjabi, how did I grasp, uh, you know, the Katha, that is exactly what I did. 
I had a notepad, <laughs> had a notepad with me. I had tapes with me recording things. I sit there taking notes. I think uh, the Suns hate it when I'm sitting there in front of them, and uh, all of a sudden um, they'll be saying something, and then they look towards me because I'm writing something down. And I do, you know, I, I do that. If they say something, I'm just like, hang on, I need to write this down now so I don't forget it. Um, for me, I, I do that all the time. Now, thankfully, with the with phones, you just put your phone on airplane mode, and as soon as you hear something, you put it in your notes section. I do that all the time. My notes section in my phone is full of different pieces of gutter, different things I've heard, different things I need to listen again, different things I need elaborated on. Um, I think it's a really good thing to do in the same the same way that you would do if if you're a reporter and you'd gone to an incident where you want to hear what's taking place and somebody giving an account. Um, I think it's something you should do. So the next question is, uh, it says, Paisab, uh, have you ever had Darshan or uh, Pratan Saroop Sahib and where the most Pratan one? Uh, unfortunately, the only Saroops that I have had Darshan of is we had a Pratan Saroop within, within our family. So I had Darshan of that prior to being given to a, a Guru card after my uh, Nanaji passed away. Other than that, I've seen Paratan Sroops only within Gurukars in the UK. Um, they are, other than a few, that I, I was only interested in one because it had the Mahala Daswa in it. I've not seen any others. I can't tell you the age of it. It wasn't handwritten. It was a printed one. Uh, but it was um, um, bloody wrong. It wasn't Padshid. So the next one uh, is related to the so the next one uh, is regarding you doing Japji Sahib Katha on YouTube. Uh, the user said it was very deep and they're asking, uh, do you have any plans to do a Jap Sahib Katha or other Nitin Baniya? And um, the person says, no. do they realize how much we appreciate their Katha and their Panthic contribution? Um, no, I'm trying to think who's right. That's been written by Jasmeet Singh, I'm guessing, who had spoken earlier. Yeah, just meeting. He's, he's probably, yeah, exactly. He's the only one that's probably listened to the cut on everybody else. No, we, we did the Jabji Sahib cut up until I, I, we didn't even complete halfway, but there was like 80 videos because we were trying to get in as much depth as we could. Um, and obviously, due to COVID, same as everybody else, everything fell out. And I was trying to sort the books out and things like that. At the moment, there are no plans to do any more cut because the, the plan now is to get everything into a written format uh, through the katha that we're doing. Uh, sorry, through the katha that's already online. There's so much katha online, and I just want to get that done so that individuals can take laha of the katha and, and realize what is within the Gurbani katha we have available. So I'm not looking at promoting my own katha in any way. Um, I'm just glad that, you know, just meet Singh does appreciate that, you know, that's how he is now. So, no, I appreciate that much. At the moment, no plans. We just want to carry on putting stuff on on video that we have. So the next question is, Paisab, have you studied Shastra Vidya? And uh, are there any books out there talking about Shastra Vidya and its evolution from the Guru's time? Unfortunately, I've I've uh, I learnt basic Gatka, and that was only at the start. I didn't do any Panthera. We had Nihang uh, Nadar Singh, he was in the UK with us and we are talking early 2000 
and we went to a couple of his sessions, but I didn't really learn anything. I went there because I would have a conversation with Nadar Singh, uh, Thira Singh Nirmala, a couple of others that we were there, and we were more there to learn more and express views and talk. I wish I had picked it up, and, I, and you know, it's something that I wish I'd done at the time. There are books about <clears throat> Shastra Vidya available. There was one by an individual called Nanak Singh, who had written a really good book. And there's another one called Shastra Mala. So those are the two that I would suggest picking up. With regards to its evolution, unfortunately, because I don't have the ability or the knowledge of uh, the basics of Shastra Vidya, I wouldn't be able to say what the evolution is or the changes. Oh, Pice, I'm sorry, could you say what oh, was the first book you mentioned or the first individual? <clears throat> the first individual was by a Singh from Holland by the name of Nanak Singh. His That's name perfect. was Nanak Singh. And uh, yeah, he's, he's passed away now, but he was an individual in the 3HO, but he knew his, his Gatka or his Shastra Vidya, and he, he was the first one to um, write a book upon it. Uh, Gathka is taught by Nanak Dev Singh Khalsa. That's it, 1987. Thank you so much. No problems. So, the next question is Are the Sawzakis authentic? And uh, which ones are authentic and which ones are false? <clears throat> so this, is a, this is a question you hear that there are Sawzakis, there are Panchosakis, there are there numerous Saki. From what I hear, and <clears throat> I've never studied it. I've got the Salsakya Tika by uh, Pratap Singh, so I need to have a look at it. They also, there were originally some Salsakya. They were later corrupted, and due to the corruption, um, we don't know what is real, what isn't real. I've never gone through it myself. It's probably one because of this conversation now <laughs> that I'm going to write on a piece of paper, and next time one of my studs is in contact with me, it's, it's a question that I'll be asking. And uh, and for some some work upon it that I can start researching, but I can't I can't elaborate further on that unfortunately. So next question is regarding Gurbani pronunciation. It's um where do the different pronunciation styles of Gurbani come from? Is it from local Punjabi uh, variation that was spoken? For example, uh, some say Sajjan Sacha Path Saho. And some say Sajjan Sacha Path. Okay, I don't know how to read that because the person wrote it in English. Uh, I wrote. Oh, that's it. So, so, first one Sajjan Sacha Path Saho. Yeah, and the other one yeah, says Sajjan Sacha Path Shaho, isn't it? Yeah. So the difference is in the Sasa and the Shisha. Um, that all comes according to the Santya. And I would say that Gurbani is. There is. There's a slok of. <clears throat> Yeah, a slok of Sri Guru Tegh Bhattaji, where they write a Shabad, you know, they write a slok, but they miss out a letter in one of the, the words, but you have to pronounce it with the letter. The reason they missed out the letter is due to the number of letters that can be written in a slok. There's 24 and they can't write any more. But when you recite the Gurbani, you have to say the extra letter. I don't know whether it's in a slok or it's in one of the Shabbos. I can't remember I was reading it. And for that reason, I would say Santhya is essential. Because when you go through the Santhya, they will explain why you say it in a certain way, what it is. Thankfully, we've got 
one, two, three, about six different types of Santya on Gurmat Vichar by different people. We've got the Pindari Sampurda, we've got two by Taksal, which has got Sardarshan Singh, Yani Shir Singh within there, by Pravindar Wal Singh, but we've got uh, one by Pai Kur Sharan Singh. Uh, we'll have a few more coming soon as well. Um, I think it's, I, I've I've never been one for something I haven't had time. And then all of a sudden, once um, the lockdowns kicked in a year ago, I started listening to all sorts of something, and I learned more from there than I, than I thought I would. But I think it's essential to do the something to realize how to pronounce something, because they'll explain why it's pronounced in that manner as well. So the next question is, what's your view on Sharda Puran Granth and its authentication? Um, there's a number of uh, Sharda Puran Granths in uh, obviously considering those like buying money synergies, buying other allergies and things like that. The majority of them just focus on the different um, body of the Sujabji side, the direction you're supposed to sit in, how many days you're supposed to do the mantras and things like that. Um, I think it's, I, I personally think they're they're real. Only because if you look at the Muktamara Granth, it's very similar there as well with the Muktamara Granth with how many shabs you do, what fall you get, how many times you should do it, which way you should do it. So I, I think there there is something there. But however, when it comes to authentication, I've, I've got none. I'm going by my own supposition and what I believe. And to be quite honest, that's not enough for for some people and it shouldn't be you know i'd suggest doing some research on it and see what there is the first thing i'd always look for is especially on these uh, punjab digital libraries and places like that we'll see if they can find the initial manuscripts if you can find those manuscripts then you can start looking at dating them then you can start looking at if there's differences in what you're reading um you know and that's where i'd start but with regards to authentication i don't have any but like i said with grants like the Muktamara grant, things like that, they are very similar. So the next question is, what are your views regarding the Katha that happens in Gurdwaras nowadays? For example, um, many Katha Vajiks seem to be repetitive and not as scholarly as they could be. And the person says that personally, I think having debates and a two-way interaction would be helpful to better gain understanding. Uh, I, I agree with the the two-way interaction. I don't think the two-way interaction can take place within the presence of Guru Sahib because uh, you know, in the Durbar. I think if you have a session where, you know, if it's not within the Sangha, then it's set up as a case of it's a, a two-way conversation, then, then that's completely fine. That's different. Um, I agree that a lot of Gatha is rep- repetitive. And a lot of Gatha for me, I can go and listen to and I can come home and go, not learn anything new today, unfortunately. You know, that, that's why I go. I want to learn something new in the same way that I'll pick up a new book and I'll want to learn something new. I'd like to pick up something new that I can add and add, use it to add value to something I'm trying to explain. Um, what I think should be happening is that, like I said, Gatha Vajik should be checked for, again, like, I think we need more accountability. We need more accountability with our Pracharaks that come in to see, well, what is their vidya? Uh, what can they do? What, are, what other Kathas can they do? And, um, you know, the other thing is you should have a good enough um, setup at the Gurdwaras 
for the management committees to know that the gutter that's been good is, is at a decent enough level. There are many a times that you can go to a gurdwara and the gutter has been done and the arts have been given completely wrong. Uh, I've been in that situation. I've been in that situation with Santari Singhji when they just tore someone apart basically because they had done the gutter and the arts were completely wrong just prior to them. And then they've gone to another one where somebody sat there and they're just reading from the steek. And that's, again, it's not what you expect from a Kathakar. You expect a Kathakar to be elaborating upon what they're talking about, um, giving a testimony or opinion from a different grant, supporting their opinions, you know, within the Katha itself. So I agree. I, I think there's a lot of repetitive Katha going on. Um, and I, I think, I think, you know, people like Gani Shirsing, you've got it right, where every now and then, you, you know, they'll do their katha, and then every now and then they'll hold a camp, like, or they'll hold a discord like they have on here, where people can ask the questions and talk about things. And I think Pracharaks need to do more of it. I, I see it with Sanpedi Singh, especially. Um, they used to finish the katha, go back to their room, and all the Sangath would come into the room, and then you'd have a question and answer session. And people would ask all the questions they want, talk about whatever they want. And I think Prajaris needs to be more open for the Sangha as well. So, yes. So, the next question is Were other Granths, such as Dasam Granth and Sarbul Granth, also referred to as the Guru uh, the same way Siddhi Guru Granth Sahibji was? Or is it just the Nihangs who believe in all the three Granths being as the Guru? Well, like I said, even if you um, you have a look at the Nihang belief, the Nihang belief is always that the the Guru is the, is the three grants. There's there's no difference between it, and that's why they're kept on the same plinth. Because end of day, it's come from the way, the mouth of the Guru. So if it's come from the mouth of the Guru, it's divine. That's how they see it. Um, do other Sampradas believe that? Um, no, not really. Um, some of the other some of the other sampradas only believe in the Sri Guru Granth Sahib as being the Guru. And the Dasam Granth and the Sarva they do believe to be authored by Sri Guru Gobind Singh. However, they don't hold it to the same you know, they the Prakash has done the same, they, they still give it the same respect, whatever, but they consider the Guru to be the Guru that's uh, in is in the Guru Granth Sahib. So but it's only in the Hangs and the Hangs are very, very distinct with the uh, Sharda of the three grants and the way they treat the grants and the preparation of the Amrit and everything in the presence of all three grants. It's um it's really different and it's really it's it's quite nice to see the different perspective. Whether you believe in one or not, it's 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 their perspective, it's how they see it. So on the topic of the Dasam Granth, uh one of the questions is what is the history of Prakash of Dasam Granth Sahib at Gurdwaras? Because nowadays it's mostly at Patna Sahib and Hazur Sahib. Well, we, we know that the Dasam Granth was Prakash uh, at the Akal prior to 1920. The original, the Dasam Granth from the 1920, which was um, thrown with a barcha from the Akal you know, it still exists today with the, with the tears in it from, from what happened. So Dasam Granth was Prakash there. What happened was you get a big change in, in thought in the 1920s. You get the Pasodian movement happening. You get, obviously, um, 
forgot his name. I forgot the person's name who, who threw the Dasam Granth as well. But he throws the Dasam Granth from the Akal Takht onto the Parkarma outside. And the whole thing changes. You get uh, people like uh, Kartar Singh, Kalasivala, obviously they were against the Dasam Granth and the Shorsing of the Rara. So the only individuals, that have, the only Taks that have kept the original Parkash are the Sri Patana Sahib and Hujur Sahib. Now, those people who hate Dasam Granth uh, or are opposed to it will turn around and say, it's Brahmanwad, and that's why Brahmanwad continues outside of Punjab, and they've kept it there. Uh, so that, that's the issue that you have. Um, the Prakash of Sri Dasam it is, you know, I, I don't have anything against it. We had it here in Leicester, we've had it in different places around the UK where we've had programmes. I think it's really good. And, as far as I'm concerned, it's Sri Guru Gobind Singh's bark. It's their work, um, and you know, it's, <clears throat> you know, those people are going to oppose it. Going to oppose it. Um, I think the uh, the the issue you have is, I we are getting a lot of um, safeguard issues when it comes to the grants, especially the Sri Guru Grand Sahibji in India where somebody's gone and ripped a couple of ongs or done something or, you know, um, done some biography. And the one thing I like about the Nantaris is that when they do Prakash of the Sri Guru Granth Sahib, they are doing uh, the Bani. They're reading the Bani, they're doing what they need to uh, with the Khand parts or Sampad parts or whatever. As soon as all the parts are done, Sukhasana is done. Of whichever grant, whether it's the Siri Guru Granth Sahibji or the Dasam Granth. And I think that needs to be done a lot more, where we, if we really respect the grants, uh, either Dasam or Sarbro or Siri Guru Granth Sahibji, we should not be just leaving the, the Siri Guru Granth Sahibji or, or the, the grant itself in Prakash on its own, nobody around it, so that Biadabi can take place. So, uh, you mentioned Sampardas being a part of a garden. Are there any Shabads which relate to this um, that you would offer for this analogy? Um, no, I think, right, this is quite sad. This comes from my analogy when I talk. When anybody goes for a job interview, the one question you are definitely going to get asked is the inclusion of diversity. Diversity within the workplace, diversity within the community, diversity and how it assists. So the two um, metaphors I use, of one is the garden, and the, the, the Khalsa Panth being a garden uh, full of different, um, different fragrances and everything. Or the other one you use is uh, if you go to a, an event and you've got an orchestra, an orchestra made up of one instrument, sounds like noise, put them all together, you get a melody, and that's what it is. So they are not within Gurbani, they are just my own, I, like I said, I use them for a diversity question all the time, and I always have done, and I always use them for when we're talking about Sikhi and the inclusion of uh, all the Sampradas as well. So the next question is, what's the history of doing Aarti with a plate and candles like done by Nihang Singhs? Is it mentioned in historical texts? And uh, another one is, uh, where did uh, the Shera celebration uh, begin? 
where mm-hmm. bodies from the Sankrant are read uh, originate from. Right. Um, the second question, where did the Shadow celebrations begin? Um, I can't answer that because I don't know. Uh, I, so it's, I don't want to, like I said, say anything. I just know that we have obviously the, the, the Shadow of Mahatam Grant. People like Jeevan Pal Singh, who are in Leicester Day, and uh, sorry, not Leicester, in Southall, and Ostarge uh, in the Singh, who run the Nahang Santir, they are the individuals who can clarify the um, that sort of question. They're really knowledgeable, they know those sorts of things. Um, but unfortunately, I can't answer that one. Um, the history of doing the Arti on the plate. Um, the Arti on the plate is. It's a constant thing that continues on within the Nirmala Sampradha, the Udasi Sampradha, Sotra Shahis, uh, Sevapanthis, Nihangs. It's the one thing that you will find in all four Sampradhas. It continues. Um, it comes as part of the nine, nine different types of bhakti. One is Acharan bhakti, which is to do your bells and uh, have your plates and do the arti and things like that. So that's where that comes from. So out of the nine types of bhakti, it's one of them. Uh, but I think so. Archana Bhakti. Archana Bhakti. It's something like that. I'll have a look as uh, I can. Um, but yes, it's one of the nine types of form. Nine forms of Bhakti that you do for the Sargon Sarup. So, regarding the Sargon uh, Sarup, uh, is using idols to represent the sargon form of Vaiguru a valid practice in some sampradas of Sikhi? No, because the, the sargon, you're looking at the, the Gurshavad form, right? You know, you, you, that's, what, that's what they're looking at. So, the Archana uh, Bhakti is down as worshipping. So that's what that is. So you're worshipping. So you're worshipping the Shabbat, you're worshipping everything, uh, whether it's the Gurshavad or the Gurgrant Sarji or whatever. You're not looking at that, but it's the worship that's done. Um, in the same way as somebody would say, well, why, why do we do Chorsa? You know, because you get that question now. I don't know why, but it's the same thing. It's the worship of the Guru. It's a day, isn't it? And that, that's how they see it. So the next question is, were idols and statues placed at Darbar Sahib or like around its parkarma during the time of the Gurus, as some people claim? Or was it uh, just done afterwards? Uh, well, <clears throat> highly debated topic. Uh, only because it says that there were statues. You know, it's, it's been mentioned that there were statues placed around the bar side. Um, but we know that the bar side was an open complex at the time. You used to look at the pictures. You can see the old pictures of school children sat there being educated around the the parkarma of the bar side. You can see all these sorts of things. So. You you gotta remember up until a time when they actually created um, the complex around the bar. So you had people living there. So what's to say that they weren't there, idols or things or whatever outside their house? I don't know. I, you know, it's not a question that I can. You read about it in books and you think to yourself. First thing I think to myself, how was it even possible to do that? to have idols in there. I don't understand when that could have been. The only time I think that could have been was during the times of the Saudis and the, and the Minas who were there. But again, there's no accounts to say that when buying money since you got there, that there were idols there. So I, I can't answer that. It's just a supposition. Unless somebody's got some written material to prove that, 
but I, I don't know. So the next question is regarding uh, photos and pictures of the gurus. Um, are there any photos of the guru sahibs that were like authentic that actually depicted them? Um, and, well, not, uh, not, the, fo yeah. not photos, but portraits. Well, so I guess. Yeah, yeah, paintings. Uh, yeah, and the yeah. person says that they heard that uh, the only guru that has a photo that's uh, authentically depicting them is the ninth guru sahib. Is this true? Uh, Norman Pasha had a portrait made of themselves where the individual who was creating the portrait was unable to draw the actual form of Sri Guru Tegh Bahadurji's face due to the illumination coming off their, their face at the time. So Sri Guru Tegh Bahadurji then, using their own hand, did their own self-portrait. That portrait is now in the Kolkata Museum and can be found there. So the next uh, question is about a blog you published. So Amarjot Singh says, uh, he says, I found a blog that you published on Nanak Prakash. Uh, did you ever finish it or publish it? And he put the link in it. It's in the text, uh, sorry, the question box section. Um, the Nanak Prakash blog we did was, it was just a start. And so we were doing like a party a day. And then I realized, I thought, well, there's 113 of the eyes. Each party is about 90 a day. 90 times 130, I thought, I'm never going to finish this, I'll end up dying. So um, we left it, and then basically from that, we now have, although I've not used that, we now have two books on the Nana Prakash Gata by Gyani Harpajan Singhji, and that two book, those two books only cover the Mongol uh, Gata because it's so in-depth. And then we have the first two books by Gyani Kirpal Singhji Bhopparaiwale as well, on the Sri Nana Prakash, and that only covers the first five of the eyes so far. Um, I am continuing on both of them. My plan is to get them finished as well. Any any top any projects that I start, I am looking to finish them. So the only way I can give myself a kick up the backside is by starting it and doing a part of it because I know I have to complete it. So the Pant Prakash I started, Japji Sahib I started. You know, these are all going to be completed, but the blog is basically a basic version of the books. The books are more in-depth. So the next question is, uh, what are the philosophical differences between the non-dual Vedantic schools and Sikhi? So the non-dual, you mean Advait. Advait means the, the oneness. So there's a couple of them. You've got to remember this. There's not one school of thought. So if you look at Shankaracharya's uh, Adhavata form, uh, Adhavata uh, Vedant, what that states is that there is one Brahm and everything else is Maya. So that, that's what that's saying. So everything that is perceived, everything that we have is, uh, is Maya. So what we get is that. So then we get um, Ramanuj's type of Adhavat, uh, and he says that actually we have, we have Brahm, and then everything else is an extension of Brahm, but we perceive it to be Maya. So we get that. So we, there are a load of different um, types of Adhavat, and there's Dvaitavad as well, and there's Vishishtavad. So there's, there's a number of them. What I'd say is pick up the Gurbani Vedanta Nidne, and that will explain 
what is close and what isn't because some of them are way too radical and don't even come close to Siki. Some of them have leanings towards Siki and then some of them go totally opposite Siki as well. So just to clarify, the user who asked the question, the type of Vedanta they were talking about was uh, Advaita Vedanta. Hmm. Shu, Shu had the, I, I don't know how to pronounce these, Baji. Can you? Shu had the Veta. <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce it. I don't know. Could you please read this for me? I don't know. Is it should Is it should Should Advaita? Should Advaita and Vishesh Advaita. Um... I can go into them, but we'll be here for some time. Uh, the best thing I would say is pick up Gyani Balwan Singh's book that we've we've spoken about. Uh, Gyani Balwan Singh's book, Gurubani Vedanta Nidmi, has all of those in there. And it explains them within, you know, I think the Shodhavata one is done within 10 pages. The other one's done within six pages of the Shodhavata. You know, I, I'd suggest picking them up because you need to have a look at the terminology there. Um, you need to have a look at some of the Vijaya Saga that goes with it as well. Um, I know that's not an answer. I'd, I'd suggest rather than me going into Vedant and everybody sitting there going, I don't understand that because you've not explained this. But explain this. The easiest thing to do would be to pick up that. Which one would you say is the closest to Sikhi out of those three that have been written? Um, I'd go for... <laughs> Advaita is always going to be the clo closest um, because w what we're looking at is is that you know Advaita is what Sikhi is. Sikhi is independent from you know from the Vedas. It is Advaita. The only thing is it depends on what you are looking at. When you look at Vedanta, you are looking at a specific school of thought, while Sikhi has different situations it places you in. So Gurbani says Jagarachana Sabachutha. But at the same time Gurbani says e jag kotri. So you're saying one is saying it's false, one is saying true. So which one's talking about the essential form, which is talking about the uh, the temporal form? And that's what you have to look at because uh, what um what uh Adveta is saying that everything is temporal. What the other one is saying is that uh, Vishisht says that obviously every now and then what you're seeing, what you're perceiving is true. It depends on the context. And what I'd say is when you're doing Gurbani the Earth, you will every now and then go, this is talking about this type of Vedanta. This is talking about this type of Vedanta. Have I confused you? Have I confused everybody? A little bit. If you yeah, want, Baji, so. you can go more in-depth into the Vedant thing. Like, um, for example, like, yeah, they're both about, like, non-dual, but uh, one criticism of uh, Advaita Vedanta I've heard is that, you know how they say, Aham Brahmasmi, like, I am Brahma? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. like, in Gurbani, we say, like, Sabgovindhag, or, like, we, we place it on, like, being, like, the dust of the feet of Vaiguru, or, like... Exactly. Like, so it's more, one's more humble, the other one's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm that's what, Brahma, or something, I don't know. And that's what I said, too, that's what I said earlier. When it comes to learning about Vedanta, the big difference you have with Vedanta is the person can just sit there reading, reading, reading. And they say that because if you look at Nishchandas, what he says within the, the Chart Saga is Ahana Brahmasmi, Ahana Brahm Akre. You know, he says all those things that I am God, I am this, I am that. Because that's what the 
the form of me is. This is what I. This is the true source of what I am. But Gurbani says, you know, my dasa ka dasa, you know, ham grieve maskeen prabhu, you know, Maharaj says that themselves. Gurdam das, you say ham grieve maskeen prabhu. You're just like, are you really? You are. You are the divine source here. But they never, in any place, rule themselves out to be. Um, you know, they never consider themselves to be the um, the, the greatest of greats because it's all just humility. Sri Guru Gobind Singh Ji, when they are talking to Kalapur, they say, you know, they say that I am the tiny insect talking now. You know, they never consider themselves to be divine. You know, there are those, you know, those lines in Gurbani, like I said, Mantu Jyotsarupa, those lines are there. But again, you are to remain within humility. Um, you know, and so those, those are all there giving you the divine, well, you know, lines which match up with the Vajar Saga, which match up with other Vedanta texts. Um, but Gurbani is there, you need to have a guru with Vedanta, you don't need a guru, you can just read all this, become full of yourself and uh, burn in your own ego and pride. Gurbani doesn't allow you to do that. This is why with the old sadhus, they will teach you stuff and then go, right, for the, for the whole day, it's your turn to go and get the water from the wells. It's your day to go and do this. It's your day to do that. They keep you humble all the time. What is the sixth stance on free will and the seeming, quote-unquote, contradictions in Gurbani regarding free will? Like, for example, on one hand it says, uh, everything is hukum, you know, like hukum and the sabko bar hukum na koi. And then on the other hand, it says, um, uh, you reap what you sow. What is that line called in Japji Sahib? It's, um, uh, my, yeah, my brain is fried right now, Pai Sahib. I don't know how you do it, man. You're <laughs> literally like, you're like a okay. god, metaphorically. <laughs> no, <what>? no, metaphorical. <laughs> well, I wish that was the case. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I just, it's something, I, I think it comes to, Somebody, if you uh, if you enjoy it, and uh, you know this sort of thing, I'm, I'm quite happy to do. Um, you know, Gurbani says, So what you have is uh, everything is within hukum. So you will be within this world. You'll be within this life. You can't get out of this life. You got to do whatever. Your karam that you have, your parashtita, sanchita, paralab. You know, sorry, your kiriman, sanchit, paralab. So they all come together uh, and cause your birth. And come, you, you come to whatever birth you're given based on your karmic future and karmic past. You know, up be up he call So you get that one. Uh, you know, within it says um, it says that within the Masnavi as well that what you reap is what you sow, uh, and that's what you get. You get some near this, some near as well. That that comes according to karma as well. So you have a sense of free will. Everything is written as in what you will reap, what you will sow. But you have a right to go, right, I've just hooked up with this individual. I've gone home with this individual and I'm about to do something which I know is a budget grade. You have that free will to know what you're doing because you can't just turn around and go, I commit that budget grade because it was written by God. That's not how it works. So you have a certain amount of free will. And God gives you that free will because you are not a puzzle. So God gives that ability within your mind to make that decision. Yes, those positions are created during karma, but then it's for you to pick up. So you can either go, 
I can do this or I can do that. So we have a certain amount of but not everything that we do, every second that we, we do something is is um it is all written, it is all done, but we still have the mental ability to have some free will. So you can turn around tomorrow and go, um, I'm not gonna wake up in the morning, I'm not going to do my nickname, I'm not going to do these things. Why should I? It's already written. And then when you go in front of Maharaj, then the question is going to be asked, well, you didn't do that. so, And you can't just turn around and go, well, it was already ordained and foretold that this is going to happen. You know, it, it just doesn't happen. You know, I've, I've been through that situation where I'm sitting there thinking, well, everything's all written, so it doesn't really matter. Or if it doesn't really matter, then why do I do these things? Why, you know, why would I get judged on something that I, I don't perform? I know that's not really an answer to the question, but it's it's just a view on how that works. And uh, I don't think you have complete... And basically, you can't go... When it says, we live within an expanse which is um, within will. So when we are here on this earth, we are within the will of time, we are within the will of death, we are within the will of life, we are within those things. So when people say that, they're like, look, everything's in Hukum, whatever's going to happen is in Hukum. No, but when it talks about that, it talks about those things which, um, you know, those things that are going to happen are going to happen. That's the Hukum of the world. And that's, that's where I think some people get too engrossed and they start thinking, actually, the Hukum of everything. What, what Maharaj is saying is everything is within the Hukum of how creation exists, how everything exists, how everything is happening. Does that make some sense? Hanji. <laughs> so um, the next question is, what are your thoughts on excommunicated Sikhs such as uh, Kala Afghana and Professor Darshan Singh? They're, they're excommunicated. You know, they're excommunicated for a reason. I think if you're excommunicated here, you'll be excommunicated there as well afterwards. In the same way, when um, you know you, you you get those things about people who are excommunicated and and never come back in the bunt, I just think it's arrogance. You know, if you if you've made a fault, you've committed a fault, um, and they can come back into the bunt like we've seen with Baba Santa Singh and people like that. But yeah, they're excommunicated. So what you will have uh, to deal with here, you'll have to deal with in, in the next world as well. You, for me, it's the um, it's the story of the Charlie Sings with the Badava, where they give the Badava to Sri Guru Gobind Singh, and the the Saki comes back by, by Maha Singh saying they can't they can't open the doors of the Badavas on the doors. If the Bant you know forsakes them here, they'll be forsaken after this as well. That's a personal view. I know yeah, I've got nothing to back that up, but that's what I just look at the Badava that was given to Sri Guru Gobind Singh. So the next question is, what are your thoughts on 3HO and the Yogi Bhajan sect? Like, would you consider them like an official Samparda or like, what are your thoughts on them? <clears throat> no, they, they, you know, like I said, there's loads of Sampardas that exist now. You know, to, to turn around and go, well, they, I can't keep things up, they don't exist. Or they don't, they all, they all exist. They've all got their own separate um, existence now and they are, they are what they are. Um, my personal view, I don't have a personal view with them. They're not, um, I've got a couple of really nice friends who are here. They teach yoga, they do 
some amazing things. Uh, you know, Job God, she's in Leicester. She's really, really good, really nice. Some of the kindest souls ever. Um, but with regards to their institution and what they do, I don't really know. Um, I've got nothing against them, nothing personal. And at the same time, I've got nothing to say that they're really great neither. Because my exposure to them has been very limited. So the next question is from a user who asks, where can I buy the book Vedant Nirnay? Uh, the person saying they're having a hard time finding it online. Um, whoever it is, can you ask them to, if they can just contact me on uh, Instagram, I will send them a link and they can buy it directly from Jawahar Singh, Kurpal Singh. Um, I've got a direct link, so they'll be able to just order it with PayPal. It, it arrives within a week at airmail. Uh, so that's not a problem. I can sort that out. So the next question is, why were the Muslim Rababis and Kirtanis uh, not allowed to do Kirtan in Darbar Sahib anymore? And uh, what are the historical e accounts of Sikh women doing Kirtan at Darbar Sahib? Oh, controversial. Um, basically, the uh, anybody who isn't a Sikh became uh, disemboweled from doing Kirtan at Darbar Sahib. Prior to that, you hear, you know, the cut of Gyanis Sansanji Muskeen, and he says, that while he was alive, there were uh, Muslim Rababis doing Kirtan at Darbar Sahib and places like that uh, when he was young. But obviously it was all stopped uh, by the SCPC and they made it that unless you are an Amartari Sikh, uh, you won't be allowed to perform there. So it's, it's a decision that's come very recently. I remember seeing uh, Bai Lal Chang, uh, who was obviously a descendant of Bai Mardan Laji, and I remember him saying, you know, all his desire was to just perform Kirtan one last time at the Rabar time and it was denied um, prior to his death, which is a bit sad. Um, I think it comes down to the the same ethical code that Sikhs put on any Pujarik now where they want to just make sure that they're not engrossed in their inhabitants, they're, they're not eating halal meat, they're not doing these sorts of things that people frown upon. Um, for that, they're, they're no longer there. With um, women uh, performing Kirtan at the bar side, again, that's a bit of a controversial one. Uh, I don't know if there has been an instance of women actually performing Kirtan at the bar side. Somebody will correct me, which is fine because I need to know that sort of information if that's there. But I don't think that's there. There's been a couple of pictures which have been on the internet of going, these are women performing Kirtan at the bar side. They're not. It's actually accused of throwing down inside. But I don't think that has been the case, that they have been there. It's in the same way that when they do the, you know, the washing of the, uh, the inside of the bar side in the early mornings, it's only men that do it. Uh, personal views, um, it's something that the SGPC needs to sort out and give a clarification of why that is. So uh, in the next question is, uh, in accordance to the question about the women doing Keaton, why uh, are they not allowed to do Keaton at Darbar Sahib now? Uh, like, for example, I think there was even an interview where I think Tumma or someone was saying, oh, this is uh, not having women do Keaton was the Mariada that was uh, in place since Bai Mani Singh Ji's time or something. Yeah, yeah, it was. 
Right, and the, the simple simple question, the simple, simple argument given by the Sampradas for why women are not um, allowed to perform Kirtanadarvasa is because men are pervy creatures. They will see some attractive women on the TV or at the Rabarasai and be more focused on um, uh, the feminine form than the Kirtan going on. Now, I've heard the counter-argument of women saying, well, why can't that happen the opposite way? But that is that is the the argument that they normally give, um, and that is it. They don't give anything more than that. They say this is a place. This is why Gotha cannot go on here. You know, this is supposed to be a place where the focus is supposed to be on the Shabbat only and nothing else. Well, obviously, yeah, there and mostly people trying to take selfies of themselves. That's what it seems to be at the moment. Uh, but yeah, they don't they don't allow women to keep them. That's the excuse that they use. So correct me if I'm wrong. Historically speaking, I'm pretty sure I read in uh, Prachin or Naveen Pant Prakash that Jassa Singh Aluwalia's mother was doing Keetan at Darbar Sahib, right? And I think there was also British accounts of Sikh women doing Keetan during Maharaja and Rajit Singh's era. Is that is that true? I don't know. I, I've not gone through Prachin myself. If it's written in there, it will be. You know, and, and that's as simple as that. If there's accounts within the text to say that women have them there, then there is no excuse to stop it. Um, and it's going to be very easy to have that overturned because if, if that is the case, it's there. Yeah. So no, that's, that's a really good one. I'll have a look at that. And also, even recently, there's a video on YouTube of a 3HO, like a, a white Sikh convert, doing Keetan at Darbar Sahib. And this is recent in our lifetime. So if they're no, going to use the whole... Yeah, if are you sure? Because that that's argument, then, Yeah. No, well, that's not Tarantaran Sahib, because that's what I've seen. Uh, I heard I thought, it was Darbar Sahib. Sahib. If you look at Darbar Sahib, yeah. if you look at, and if you look at the way Darbar Sahib is inside where the Kirtanis sit and where the door is at the back, um, Tarantaran is a bit different. And uh, if you look at that picture, you'll see it's Tarantaran, not Darbar Sahib. Because I thought it was exactly the same. I thought it was Darbar Sahib until somebody showed me the layout of it. And wasn't there also like a story where like, this one, uh, BB wanted to do Kirtan, and then this one, Nihang, was like, okay, you do Kirtan, I'm going to protect you, make sure no one stops you or something? Or is that just like a myth that people make up? I don't know. I've, I've never heard it before. It, the, the, pro the problem is there's, there's so many stories. There's a possibility it could be true. There's a possibility it's just one of those seek urban legends that <laughs> happen. I don't know. I don't know, to be quite honest. So the next question is, um, what do the questions we ask tell us about ourselves? And what do they tell the person with knowledge whom we're asking the questions to? Uh, if you say well, that you write a list of questions to ask a Mahapurak, then is this a continual practice? And do you have specific questions for specific Mahapuraks? For example, a list of questions for Sant Hari Singh Ji and a separate one for uh, Sant uh, Jagjit Singh Ji? No, well, I have a list of questions. And whichever Mahapuruk turns up first or Gyanji Vidwan turns up first, they get asked that question. You know, that's as simple as that. So I don't hold questions for specific Mahapuraks, you know. Um, with regards to what does it tell a person, it tells a person where you are in your spiritual stage. I remember asking what I would now consider to be quite embarrassing questions initially, which you think to yourself, why did I ask those? Because they're really, really easy. 
really specific. I should have known those. But then you get to a point, and I remember asking certain questions, and I remember uh, Pearly seems to just looking at me going, ah, so that's where you are now. So that's where you are. You've hit that stage, have you? And you're just like, well, what does that mean? Um, you know, what, what are you trying to say? And he's just like, you know, from that question, you're now asking about this. You're now asking about this state. You're now asking about that. Um, so that's where you grow up to in your reading. That's where you grow up to in your, your section of knowledge, you know, and things like that. So, 